Photography Festival. Expose Art. Exposure Photography Festival. Pulse 95. Live at Expo Center Sharjah. Welcome back to Pulse 95. We are covering the Exposure event, the Photography International Festival, right here at the Sharjah Expo Center. We've had a lot of interviews these past couple of days, but today we have an interview with Robin Hammond, who studied photography in New Zealand, which is his country of birth, and his early career was spent in the United Kingdom. Later, he did move to South Africa for several years, then France, before returning to the UK, where he is currently based. In 2014, he founded Witness Change, which is a non-profit organization dedicated to advancing human rights through visual storytelling. Welcome to the show. Thanks, I'm really happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. So, obviously, we need to know, how did your journey start? How did you pick up the camera one day and say that I really enjoy this, I want to do, like you said, visual storytelling? Uh, you know, well, I started, like a lot of people, with photography being a, a hobby. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, somehow I've got this strange idea that maybe I can make it a job. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, when, when I went into photography school, I was... Um, really sort of ignorant of, of, of what photography could be and I was really fortunate to be at a great school that exposed me to a lot of different genres of photography and I was really inspired while there of the work of some really amazing campaign photojournalists who um, somehow made took me to places that I would never go and made me feel like I was meeting people that I would never get to meet you know mm -hmm. it, it really gave me that sort of sense of connection um, and I didn't know photography could do that. So I was really inspired. I thought, you know, maybe I could be part of that too. I, they made me feel, from a two-dimensional image, they made me really uh, feel um, really strong emotions about what I was seeing. And, uh, and uh, I thought, I was just blown away by that. And I thought, I want to be part of that and see if I can contribute by doing that myself. Mm. Now, you use your work to kind of uh, shed a light on mental health conditions and neurological disorders. How do you do that with photography and storytelling? Well, most of my work focuses on people who are uh, suffer abuse or neglect because of their mental health condition. Mm. Um, you know, so more generally, my work focuses on people um, who are marginalised, who don't have the ability or are not given the opportunity to tell their own stories. And the problem is that when you don't control your narrative, it means someone else is, is talking on your behalf, which mm. means that mm -hmm. not necessarily your own um, needs or wants are taken into consideration. So. I use photography and storytelling in general to, as best as possible, amplify their voices um, and give them an opportunity to you know, take back control of the narrative of their lives so that they can influence um, how they're seen, how they're heard, and then ultimately how they're treated. I'm looking at a very powerful photo here um, that you took in South Sudan. It's uh, you, you photographing a young man that is chained in Juba Central Prison. and. Um, at the time uh, when you took this photo, dozens of people living with mental health conditions were shackled mm -hmm. uh, in the prison. Now, I want you to, to take me through that journey when you, when you went to South Sudan and took this photo. And I also want to know the, the relationship between you as the photographer and the person you're photographing. And how can the photo come about? What is the conversation that you have? Mm -hmm. um, or the interaction that you have with the person that you're photographing, especially such a powerful situation that you're in, let's just say, in a unique situation. Someone is shackled mm -hmm. and they're not wearing any clothes yeah. and they're in a, a very unique condition. Yeah, I mean, this photograph, um, it changed my life. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was a very, and 
and I still, to this day, question whether or not taking that photograph was the right thing to do. Mm. Um, you know, I had someone in front of me who could uh, neither speak to me, they didn't look at me, they didn't give me any sort of form of consent mm -hmm. to take the photograph, and I'm mm -hmm. photographing someone in a really vulnerable situation. Yeah. Right. And at the time of taking that photograph, I was really conflicted whether or not it was the right thing to do. Mm. Mm. I mean, obviously I took the photograph because you can see it. Um, right. And the way that I justified taking that photograph is, is I made this promise, this silent promise to him at that time that I would do everything I can to make uh, this photograph and the images like that make a difference with people with mental health issues in mm. situations like this. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, and from that day on, I was, I felt like I was accountable to my integrity, to mm. that promise I made to him. But also I was like, what was the alternative narrative if I wasn't doing it for some sort of higher purpose? Was this like a form of exploitation? Mm. You know, if this was my father or my son or myself, would I be okay with this image appearing on the front page of a newspaper? Mm -hmm. And the only way that I can make it okay is that it really made a fundamental difference in the lives mm. of people like this. And, you know, and fortunately, uh, a couple of years later, 80 of the eight people in that prison were released. And I've gone on to create an organization that's really trying hard to amplify the voices of um, people with mental health issues. Mm. But the one burden which I feel like I carry is while 80, 80 of those people were released, I don't know if that man was one of them. Mm -hmm. So my plan mm -hmm. is to go back to South Sudan later this year and try and track him down. And, wow. and I feel like my promise to him it will not be fulfilled until mm -hmm. I make sure that, you know, that he's in a better situation than, than when I found him. Now, Robin, most recently you have embarked on a project supporting refugees to tell their own stories. Uh, what kind of stories were you promoting? So, I mean... We're as much as possible, um, you know, I want about, I've said this uh, and I'll say it again, it's about amplifying their voices, right? Sometimes that means that I have to get out of the way altogether. But what perhaps I can offer is, is the potential to um, elevate their capacity to tell their own stories. And so we've been training 40 uh, refugee storytellers from around Europe, uh, from all walks of life, um, from many different countries, and really help assisting them. The thing with being an ally, right, is about standing beside or behind, but never in front. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how can I, as someone from a very privileged background, I was lucky enough to go to a photo school. A lot of these people, if they had a chance, they would have as well. But, you know, war and stuff got in the way. Mm -hmm. So it's about how, so they're now telling stories of, of um, strengths, challenges, and dreams of people from their own community. They're gonna be telling a thousand stories from around Europe. And that comes in with your initiative, 1000 Dreams. Exactly. Yeah, and when will that be launched? So it's June this year for World Refugee Day. All right, so June 2021. Mm -hmm. Well, moving away into a different direction, um, let's move into the technicalities of taking a photo because our very own videographer, he asked me, he said, when you get to speak with uh, Mr. Robin Hammond, please ask him, what lens do you prefer to use and why? So I generally use a, a, a 35mm lens, so mm -hmm. for people who don't quite get it's difficult because I use a full frame camera and a 35mm lens means it's slightly wider than standard lens. So a standard lens is like a 50 and 35 is slightly like wider and it's kind of considered by most people the sort of you know, standard documentary lens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not so wide where you get distortion, but it's not like a portrait lens which is generally longer. Mm -hmm. um, and it means, for me at least, I feel like it's, it means that um, it forces me to get close to people. And as much as possible, I like to think it can help to bring the audience into the picture. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's an intimacy that uh, I feel that, that sort of lens can, can bring. So I generally I switch between a, a, a 35mm or a 50mm if I'm going to do more like portraiture. Did you get your answer, Gabby? Yes. <laughs> All right, because he's fascinated with your work, so he wanted yeah. to know. I'm flattered. <laughs> so um, I want to bring you back to something that you said, and that is the ethicalness of mm -hmm. what you are doing sometimes where you sit down and you just 
need to reassess what you're doing and what you do. Is it correcting or not? And now I'm pretty sure that a lot of journalism or anybody who's done mass communication classes have probably come across uh, the photograph, the mm-hmm. well-known photograph of the child and the, I believe it was Africa. the vulture. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. the, the vulture. vulture. Mm-hmm. And it's like an oncom- uh, ongoing or, you know, mm-hmm. it's a well-known uh, case when every time we have an ethical uh, class and they always talk about the it. The prime example. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And this it's always used as a way to um, tell us to always think about your position what you're doing you are from um from a privileged uh, place mm-hmm. and you should be aware of the tool that you have so i wanted to ask you what advice to add to it what can you tell anybody who wants to become a photographer especially maybe a photojournalist or a photographer in places that are have a lot of conflict what can you tell them to help them at least i know you're not an authority and this nobody's an authority when it comes to um ethical your personal ethical uh, and moral um, conscious and whatnot but what can you tell them to make sure they at least rethink and reassess and know where to go do, towards this path. Sure. Well, first thing they can do is look up that photograph, which was taken by Kevin Carter and a South African photographer. There's a great book called The Bang Bang Club, which goes into the story behind like that and the group of photographers around um, and understanding the, the dilemmas that he faced and the criticism he faced for not putting down yeah. his camera and helping that kid. Mm-hmm. My, you know, I don't, so there is, a, there is a, a conflict in that some people believe we are there to witness and that's the most important thing we can do together. Mm-hmm evidence and we can maybe create greater change by through our camera Um, my personal belief is I would rather you know I don't want to sound self-righteous here but this is my belief I would rather put down the camera and help that kid Mm -hmm. and know that I'm helping them Mm -hmm. than taking a picture and maybe help a wider audience because you don't know if your picture is going to help or not you know Mm -hmm. so it's like you can either have a definite impact on one person now and hopefully, and hopefully you can do both. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That would be the ideal thing. But I think that we have a duty as humans first before photographers. Exactly, yes. humanity. Now, yeah. obviously your work has inspired a lot of people. And obviously when someone is inspired, they would also like to help and, and, and try to contribute to the cause. What can these people do to contribute and help? You mean with what I'm doing? Yes. Well, I mean, Witness Change is a, is a my organization is a charity and we you know, gratefully accept uh, donations whenever people have them. But what we actually do a lot of is that we become almost like a, um, a fiscal sponsor or like a, a, a to, we kind of funnel money into small um, organizations like work we're doing with people uh, doing grassroots organizations in Ghana and around the world um, so that we can help small organizations do work in the field. Mm-hmm. The idea with the storytelling is that hopefully storytelling inspires people to care or even just gives them knowledge that these issues are happening and then we help to connect them to organizations on the ground. So if anyone wants to look at witnesschange.org, they can always you know, come along and support. Mm. You heard it from the man himself, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely, and any advice you want to give any potential photographers, where one, how to get started, and also how to choose um, their cause. I'm not saying everybody has to go for some grand gesture, or maybe somebody wants to just take photographs, of, you know, animals or insects. What can you tell them? I mean, there is, there have been amazing photographers doing amazing work for for decades now, and there's, there's such like a such amazing resources out there. It's like you find the photographers that you love, and you just follow them, and you learn everything about the work they do. I learned so much just with flicking through magazines and books. Um, and you know, I, a lot of I feel like photography is almost like self-taught. You can go through a magazine and, or a book, and you'd like that image is amazing, and then ask yourself, why is it amazing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it about that picture mm-hmm. that you know really is I find compelling? And that's a really good way, I feel like, to self-teach yourself and, and become better. 
Lastly, Robin, I just want to ask you about Expo 2021. Uh, obviously, you've been around, you've been taking a tour, and you've been interacting, as you told me before a couple of minutes, you told me that you've been interacting um, with your colleagues uh, here at uh, the festival. So how has your journey been uh, here at the fifth uh, edition of the uh, Exposure International Photography Festival? And what caught your attention the most, let's say? Sure. Well, I think first thing to say is this is an amazing festival. You know, I've been yeah. involved with a lot around the world and like the quality, one, the quality of work, but also the attention to detail from mm -hmm. a photographer's point of view, the, what they put into like making the prints, mm -hmm. the presentation amazing is is awesome. So if people are listening and they haven't been down here, they really should get down here because it's not the same as seeing it online. Right. You've yeah, got yeah. to see it yourself. Um, you know, there are some amazing photographers who really inspired me from my, early in my career. People like uh, um, Paula Bronstein and, um, and Francesco Zizola. These amazing photographers are doing great work. But I also want to say that there's also some great work from, um, from I guess, uh, geographies we don't hear from a lot. People mm -hmm. from, from South India doing amazing work, from Bangladesh, some, some great work from, from people who are not just your usual white Western man like myself with a, with a camera, <laughs> you know? Well, that's amazing. You heard it from the man himself, Robin Hammond. And if you want to take part and, and see uh, Exposure 2021, you can still do so. It's yes. open until 10 p.m. Yes. today. Yes, come on down to the Expo Center right here in Charge Exposure 2021, which is the fifth edition. Today is the last day, just like Ryan told you, uh, I believe until 11 p.m. or 10 p.m. Ryan, yeah. 10. 10 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, all of the preventive and precautionary measures are in place in line with the Ministry of Health and Prevention, MOHAP. And uh, I mean, Aisha, what do you think about it? We have free t-shirts, not oh. from Pulse95, but again, I keep saying that. C-Sharja. C-Sharja yeah. is giving away. I, I'm, I promise you, I'm not uh, sponsored by them. You're not leaving until you get a shirt. Today. Yes, and again, I promise you, I'm not being sponsored by them. It's just a Sharja girl in me because cannot you know, just super happy about the the, the the tire booth. And again, come and see Sharjah. This is exactly what Exposure 2021 is about. Come and see Sharjah and see all these yeah. amazing and fantastic photographers. Yeah, just 15 minutes outside of the D Dubai International Airport. And then you have uh, the Mumza right by us, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So you guys can finish the Expo Center, have a walk on the beach. The weather is amazing. So this is it the is. prime location right here in the Expo Center, Sharjah. Taking a short break, but when we come back, we got a lot of store for you guys right here only on Pulse. Nice. 95. 95.